Come on in, brothers and sisters. We have a lot to cover. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. We're going to make sure our microphones are doing well. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started. Once again, thank you so much for being here for the unction. We really appreciate you. The channel's been growing. People are so excited, and, and they're contributing and, and just giving me information and, and giving me knowledge and sharpening iron, and I'm so grateful for everyone who is a part of this. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to continue to grow. Let me see. I think I got some audio now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, it looked like we're doing okay. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and, and just uh, do some housework because I know people are still coming on and uh, still just just kind of getting in there. So I want to do some housework and say thank you to our supporters. There's some day ones I just want to thank. I want to say thank you to uh, Jude Young, my brother, who when I started on um, TikTok, you really gave me the the inspiration to keep going with it, Brother Jude Young, uh, Brother Tori Phillips, Sister Rosina uh, Akinola. Forgive me if I'm butchering these names, <laughs> Rosina Akinola. The, uh, all right, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Uh, also, um, Corrine Brown, uh, another sister that's really been there from day one. I really appreciate you. Save our families. I see you on here. I want you to understand that when when we get this conference together, we want us to fly out and uh, be on a panel and build together. We're going to do something great for the Lord, and uh, we want to just uh, record those panels, record some of the singing, some of the, the workshops, and just let people know that there are a group of people in the kingdom that just love the Lord. We just want to do what God say. It ain't about glitz or glam. It's really about helping God's people and helping people to see the light and the truth and know that the the pageantry of ministry is secondary. It, it really is nothing, but the pageantry of ministry is nothing compared to the sincerity of doing God's work. And we really appreciate, appreciate those of you who are a part. All right, praise the Lord. I'm glad I said that correctly. I want to thank uh, Jim Green, Kevin uh, Foster, Reginald Jackson, Carla Walker, Antonio Curry, Kim Durden, um, Massey Nate, praise the Lord, uh, Big Row, Row, um, I believe you're the one who emailed me, Travis Cunningham, I think it's Tanger Cooper or Tanger Cooper, I'm so sorry, I'm not great with names, but I appreciate you so much, um, Christopher Highsmith, uh, Dwight Paramore, Andre, Andrea Dowdy, somebody helped us out named Thunder, we got the thunder behind us, praise the Lord. We got a plant-based Zoe, I believe the name was. And we might have missed some names, but for those of you who are supporting, those of you who are giving, it says I'm going to make sure I save up vacation time. All right, all right, we're going to get it done. And I want you to know, and it will not be in vain, it's going to be a beautiful life experience. I just want those of you who are part of this platform to know that I appreciate you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your supporting. Thank you for lifting me and helping me to, to walk this out in God. Lord knows it is very important that the voices who just want the truth and, and the life of God to be out here, 
is heard. It is important. You know, there are so many platforms where people just want to fly off at the mouth. They're just sitting there to gossip. They're just sitting there to bash the church and, and talk down of the church. But those of us who love the Lord Jesus Christ, those of us who believe that God's people still have something to offer, it is important that we come together. And uh, I, I read off a list of names. I hope that uh, if, if your name, you didn't hear it, I hope you get to go back and know that I appreciate you. I thank you so much. Uh, we want to get some things done for our donors. We want to get some things done for people who support us financially. I want to send you some materials. So um, those of you who have given, make sure you email me, and I know who you are. Make sure you email me because at some point, I want to make sure in the new year we mail you some materials just to say thank you and to let you know that your labor is not in vain, your contributions is not in vain. So once again, for for those of you who can, we're at Church Unlimited, Dollar Sign Church Unlimited on Cash, on cash App, and um, we're, we're just grateful for anyone who's able to help. That being said, we're going to go into the topic at hand. All right, so that was every bit of five minutes. <laughs> but we're going to go into the topic at hand. Some of you just got here right on time. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. I want to talk about Pentecostal, holiness, apostolic uh, denominations and the misconduct that happens there and the root causes of it. The root causes of it. Why are you talking about that? Why are you picking on them? I got that over and over again. I did a TikTok to kind of say I'm doing it. And one of the things, why are you picking on them? Because it's me. Because it's the that's where I grew up. I'm starting right at home. I can go to the Baptist. I can deal with the Methodists. I can deal with the Catholics. I can deal with all of them. Uh, I can deal with the CCM churches. I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Pentecostal, Holiness, Apostolic churches. So I'm starting right at home. So when I go to other things and I'm talking about other things, can't nobody say nothing to me because I started with me. When I when I dealt with uh, my own personal sins, my own personal shortcomings in my early marriage 10 years ago and talking about my failures and what I've done wrong, I, I didn't spare me, so I'm not going to spare you either. My adultery was sin. My wickedness was sin. And guess what? Your mess is your mess too. One thing about Pastor Ray Curry, if I ain't spare myself, I ain't sparing nobody else. I heard a preacher say it like this, if I don't go to hell for me, I'm not going to hell for you. So um, once again, I'm starting right here because this is where I grew up. And, and I wanted to do some thorough research. I didn't just want to be arbitrary. I want you to know that I have done the research because I want you to see the root to where this stuff comes from. I want you to see the roots of where this sin comes from. Uh, for those of you who saw the first uh, picture <laughs> if you saw the first picture, you saw this here. Uh, I saw this man on TikTok doing some kind of, he looked like he's a messianic. He might be like messianic apostolic or messianic Pentecostal or whatever it is. He has a star of David on his chest. And he got these two man boys uh, fanning behind him. And uh, I looked at this mess and I said, it didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> It didn't come out of nowhere. This stuff has a root to it. And what I want to tell you is I'm not here to vilify nobody. 
All of sin and come short of the glory of God. I'm not here to vilify just one particular group of people. If anyone has been on my platforms, you know the number one thing I can't stand is somebody who has done something inappropriate to children or someone who has done something inappropriate to our women. I don't like that. That is something I cry out against, I speak out against. So I started there first. Even the the men who hurt their wives, I started right there first. So when I go to other things, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I can tell the truth about it all because I told the truth about me. So now I'm going to tell the truth about you. I'm not going to make you a villain. I'm I'm not going to just specify one thing and beat it into the ground and beat a dead horse because you can't help nobody. You cannot listen to this. You cannot antagonize and evangelize at the same time. If it's your goal to be helpful, then you have to have a heart that helps. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't say, I'm trying to help you. Let me kill you. And I don't know, I don't know how Facebook, the, the K word, I don't know. Uh, but that's another thing I want to address. I'm on this platform, and I'm not afraid to say whatever I have to say or do whatever I have to do. But yet at the very same time, thank God for you, Kim David. Thank you for being here. At, yet at the very same time, um, if we are harsh with our wording, harsh with everything and just flying off at the mouth, we limit our ability to get our truth out. Well, the truth out, that our truth stuff is false. But um, we need to be able to speak with some sense and articulate with some sense so that our voice can be heard and somebody can be helped. So uh, don't worry, it ain't fear. It's faith enough to believe that God has given me enough words to articulate what I need to articulate without having to lose out on what we've built here on this platform. So I'm going to do my best to watch my words, even with those words, um, even though I don't have anything that's uh, rated for children anyway. So now I'm going in. I'm going in. I, I did all the foundation I could do. Keeping up with the A's. Appreciate you. Amen. All right. I did all the foundation work I need to do. So now I'm going to go to the word why because this is the unction and we give you the word and we depend on the spirit we give you the word and we depend on the spirit so jude chapter one i'm gonna read it quickly eight and nine likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh despise dominion and speak evil of dignities yet michael the archangel when contending with the devil did not uh disputed about the body of Moses does not bring against him a real accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. You know what? I'm reading this so small on the screen. I'm going to grab my Bible, verse uh, 10 and 11. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam, all about money, for reward, and perish in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots. Let's go to verse 12 and 13. Here is the big one here. Here's the big one here. 12 and 13. These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, they have no respect, no fear of God when they come to your ministries. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, they have no fruits of the Spirit, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Here it is. Raging ways of the sea, 
foaming out of their shame. Let me read that again. Foaming out of their shame, wandering stars. You see them, then you don't. To whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Good to see you, Jaden C. Chris. Hi, Smith. I, I gave you a shout out earlier. I'm so grateful for you. Let me get back to me. You ever seen the ocean froth up? Just the waters are waving and waving and waving. And you look at the edge of the ocean and see all this nasty, frothy stuff coming out. That's what Jude is describing. These waves tossing by every wind. It's talking about wind. Clouds cared about by wind. Believe anything. The latest trend. It, that's why they all preached the same sermon. That's why they all used the same terminology. It was blessed and highly favor. Then it's, you know, it was all this, um, you're going to live to see it happen. And I love that, you know, that song. But it's like you go to every church and they all doing the same. For every mountain. You brought me over, and they and, and it's done as a show tune on purpose. Anyway, um, you will see every one of them that, that, that care about the same wind of doctrine. And he says, eventually, it's like the, the waves of the sea frothing up. Once again, like this, share this, like this, share this, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. It's just like the ocean frothing up, frothing up, and it says foaming in their shame. That's what you see when you look at these ministries where you know something inappropriate. We got one young man veiled, but both of them fanning the, 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 the man in the middle. Let me tell you something. There is a root to all of this. Uh, I, what brought me to this was I was looking at one young man out of the apostolic church here in North Carolina in Durham who was arrested for something inappropriate that was done with a minor male. Then there was another apostle, so-called uh, D.L. Dupree, and I'm calling out his name because it's in the news. It's out there. It's nothing I, I had to make up, but I'm going to still say allegedly um, did inappropriate things with young males, allegedly, and allegedly gave someone HIV, once again, allegedly. And I was looking at this coming out of the same denominational place. All right, what it says, just found your channel. Thank you so much. Uh, pleading to a Greek letter. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into the Herodian. I'm going to get into the Herodian thing. And a Pharisee thing later. So you you right here, uh, glitter, glitter follies. You you in the right place. All right, listen to me, listen to me. I was wondering why was I seeing this pattern over and over? These people in the Pentecostal Holiness Apostolic organizations frothing in their shame, foaming in their shame, this nastiness that's going throughout these churches where so many young boys and young girls have the same experiences. Why is it so many being messed over, so many secrets over here in this? And I said, there got to be something in the roots. I'm going to get to that. You're you going to want to stay with me. I see it's about 16 of you here. You're going to want to stay with me because I'm telling you I found something in in the roots. I found something in the roots. I was shocked. Well, I wasn't shocked, but I was shocked because it happened in the 1900s. And I'm thinking, wow, 
one of your founders. Okay, well, anyway, let's let's get going. Let's get going. When I said Pentecostal holiness and apostolics, I wanted to define that because a lot of people was like, what about them? What about them? What about the apostolics? What about the, the church of God in Christ? And, and what about them? So I said, let me define what I mean. So first of all, I want to um, go to this gentleman, William Oliver uh, Hitch, what? Yeah, Hitchson. Hitchinson. He was back in England in the 1800s, like 1864-ish. And he was the start of a Pentecostal holiness movement back in England. Then coming over the pond into New York, we're going to go to Samuel Froelich. Samuel Froelich. He was in um, Lewis County, New York. And this was in, in the 1800s, 1850s, the 1850s. Um, he was over with the Williams movement, but broke off a little earlier and came to the Americas and kind of spread the same understanding. Now, after him, because I, I found some things in the roots. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, after him, you had a man in America by the name of Isaac Cheshire, and he was the one who start, started really propagating the holiness movement in America, and this was also in the late 1800s, okay? Now, through understanding uh, William Oliver Hutchinson, uh, Samuel Frolic, and uh, Isaac Cheshire, we get to one of the first names that really gives us a, a view of modern Pentecostalism in America. And one of the first names here, a lot of people going to light up when you see this one. This would be Charles Parham and William Joseph Seymour. Charles Parham and William Joseph Seymour. Charles Parham was in Topeka, Kansas, preaching about the holiness movement. He learned this, uh, some of this from Isaac Cheshire. So he got some of his ideology from the holiness revival, the holiness revival. And he was in Topeka, Kansas, but then he joined over in Azusa. He joined over in the Azusa Street Revival, which was in 1906. Um, the, the Charles Perham was in Topeka, Kansas in 1901, came over to Azusa Street, teamed up with William Seymour, okay? Now, here is the last slide with the history. When, when it came to um, William Seymour, that's where you get these uh, multiple denominations you got Church of God in Christ, Church of God, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, United Pentecostal Church, etc. Okay? All right? So it was through this lineage down to uh, William Seymour that what exists today exists in all of its branches. You hear what I'm saying? All of this, all of these uh, branches. Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. All right, now. These branches exist today in many variations. So some of it's been Church of God in Christ. Some of it has been Assemblies of God. Some of this has been, um, like I said, the United Pentecostal Church. That's more of our Caucasian brothers and sisters. Assemblies of God, more of our Caucasian 
brothers and sisters, uh, Church of God. I know a lot of our uh, Caucasian brothers and sisters, but just talking about the families of this thing. So when I say Pentecostal holiness apostolic, I'm not talking about just one thing. Because I got a whole bunch of people who got on here, you picking on us. You picking on us. You picking on us. Everybody come for us. No, my apostolic brothers and sisters, what I want you to understand is your denomination has put you in a pool. And because you're in a pool, you feel attacked because you all have been taught that, you you know, y'all just different and really the the split that happened when was what was the year of the split where the Pentecostals split away from the apostolic? From my understanding, it happened in 1916, where everyone officially divided and said, "Okay, you Pentecostals are Trinitarians. You believe in three gods, which is not accurate." And then the the oneness said, "Jesus, Jesus, 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 Jesus." And they they now they don't have any kind of understanding of each other, and they're still saying things that don't even match what people believe. So now, all of you all have some common roots, and I was wondering what makes them so susceptible. Now I'm about to get into it. I got the history to let you know I'm not talking out of my head. When I say Pentecostal holiness apostolics, I'm talking about different breakdowns of denomination branches of all these different you might be messianic you might be uh jesus only you might be unitarian which is father only is god all of that kind of stuff all them different branches but i was trying to figure out what what is the problem why are they so susceptible to this wickedness and one thing that i realized is this one thing i realized is this These are experience-based doctrines. One of the main problems is from its inception, it was already differences in doctrine. I told you, it started in 06, was already broke up in 16. Now, the great schism from the beginning where the disciples were to the, the uh, ecumenical church Catholic and I'm using those terms because I, I, I study church history. I'm not a dummy. From the apostles to the great schism was, I, I believe it was 1064. You know, good gracious a lie. I believe it was 1064. Let me look this up because I want to be accurate here. The great schism. The great schism. 1054. It wasn't 1064. It was 1054. So from the apostles to the great schism was 1054. It took 10 years. It took 10 little years, not 1,054. It took 10 little years for the works of William Seymour to break into factions because from the very beginning, it was carried about by winds of doctrine because it was an experience-based movement. It was a movement based on how did I feel? 
Not saying that it didn't have proper places. It didn't have a biblical need because the Holy Spirit is still alive. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the gifts thereof. I believe that God still have power. I believe that the Lord is still moving. But at the end of the day, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, 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 every word. That proceed of out of the mouth of God. And I am so sorry. It don't matter how you feel. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. If the word of God says it's wrong, it's wrong. I thank God for your Gene 65. You're one of the first ones on YouTube. Uh, I need your, your name. You can email me your name. Because I, I want to connect with you too. You were one of my first ones on YouTube supporting well. So what you need to understand what you need to understand is one of the things that messed it up from its inception is the feelings inserted. The Holy Spirit made such a powerful impact. The Holy Spirit made such a powerful movement that it took 1,054 years before the Great Schism even happened. The church Catholic, the church ecumenical, as it was called, it means worldwide or universal. That church stayed together 1,054 years because the power of God was undeniable and the apostolic succession was undeniable. So you couldn't get away, get away from the, the uh, North African church. You couldn't get away from the Middle Eastern church. But what happened was the Roman Catholic church took over everything. And at 1054, it was a great schism and the church broke down even though it was already going in different directions. But what I'm saying is it took 1,054 years from that first foundation because now we, we come to our time and we see that everyone is doing things based on how they feel. Everything's based on how they feel. That's the first thing that's wrong. But I'm going to show you the second thing that's wrong, why this, this became so susceptible. I'm going to make it personal in a minute. I'm going to make it personal in a minute. A minute. Look, look at this. Anything that starts out Pharisaic will end up Herodian. Anything that starts out Pharisaic will end up Herodian. What do I mean by that? When you like to pretend that your way is the way, when you like to pretend that you know everything, when you like to pretend that your church is superior to everyone else's church, when you like to pretend that everyone is around you is just holy and right, and you're starting out with a Pharisaic mindset, you can't help but become Herodian. You can't help it. Why? Because eventually people start seeing the cracks. People start seeing the flaws. People start seeing your humanity. When you beating up everybody else in the church, but then your child do something crazy and you say, oh, no, nobody destroying my child. Uh -uh, don't you talk about them. Don't you? I had to pray for your child. I had to pray for your son. All right. People see that when you when you've cut down and beat down people in the church. But then when you slip up, you got to remember David fell. David, you got to remember, God had mercy on me. God had mercy on you when you was in your sins. People see that. When you have beat down everybody in the church, and then when you abuse your power, and then you don't know how to repent for the abuse of power, but you want me to repent for any little thing I do, people see that mess. And when people see that mess, 
they are going to get a license to do wrong. Do you have any scripture for that? Yes, I do. I bet you I do. Matthews chapter 23, verse 13. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. When you are a Pharisee, you create the Herodians. You the reason why we have these jokers here. Let me, I'm going to put them on the screen. I don't care who get mad because there's one thing you got to say about all of them. I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. There's one thing you got to say about all of them. Matthew Stevenson, B. Slade, T.D. Jakes, Brian Carn, Larry Reed, they come out of one pool. They come out of one branch. I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. Everything you saw on that screen right there, and I ain't saying nothing good or bad about them, did I? I just said all of them come out of one branch, don't they? They come out of one stream. There is one belief they all have in common, and, and you go research it. You go research what side of the pond they own. And there's a reason for that. Because when you take your own group of people and say, ain't nobody right but us. Ain't nobody of God but us. Ain't nobody standing on, on the truth but us. When you take your group of people, that I, I give you this analogy. There's a difference between running water and a sitting pool. Listen to what I'm saying here. I hope I'm not too loud. Y'all let me know if this mic doing all kinds of craziness. There's a difference between standing water and a flowing uh, river. When you have a flowing river and the water's able to get in and out, then it can stay clean. It can stay fresh. It can stay renewed. But when you got a puddle, all you can do is sit there and it become nasty and murky and sludgy. And that's what's happened to your denomination. That's what happened to your denomination. Now everybody done touched everybody. You all stayed in that pool. Ain't nobody right but us. You better not go to nobody else's church. Oh, they believe in three gods. Oh, they did. And you done preached this mess. And now they have brothers and sisters in Christ who love them and will pray them through. But they can't even get over there because you kept them in that muddy pond. And now everybody done done everything to each other. Everybody done have. Now we got secrets. Between families, we got stuff we're pushing under the rug, and you better not say nothing about it. Oh, God will get you. God will get you. That's your problem. That's your problem. Because you're based on the feelings, and because you were Pharisee pretending you had a holiness you don't have. Now them boys, let me show it again. Now them boys say you can't judge them. You can't talk about them. You can't say nothing about what they do because they did something with your preacher. They did something with your pastor. They did something with your pastor's wife. They know your secrets. And one thing about Jake's, he, he you know, whatever dirt he got that, you know, we don't know about it. But one thing about him, if you got some dirt, he the one to go to. If you got some mess, he the one to go to. He will restore you. That's why I got him on the list, because he seems to be able to restore you when you done something crazy. 
But that's why these boys feel the way they feel because they know that apostle so-and-so preaching the truth, telling the truth, did something with his daughter. You don't know about it. You don't know about it, but they know about it. They The reason why you can't talk about them, because old deacon so-and-so telling people to do right, old solid deacon, he beating the wheels out of that woman at night. His, his wife is terrified of him. And they know it. It's just you don't know it. And all of that mess, all of that sludge, all of that wickedness is still in the pool. And they never get out the pool. The water never flows. Life never flows. So a bunch of mess happened in the church. And what happens is it becomes a breakdown. We saw the sin in that. And then we started our ministry. We saw the sin in that. And then we started this ministry. And we saw the sin in that. And we started another ministry. That's what has happened over the years. The reason why we have a church on every corner is because everybody's done some dirt. And when it was time to repent, you're too big to repent. You're too big to say, I'm sorry. I did wrong. I messed up and I need to sit down. The Bible says when you are a pastor and you do something of indiscretion and you cause reproach to the church, you're disqualified. You're disqualified. Ain't no this, that, other. No, you need to go through a process. There's a process of restoration. Not, not a process of putting you back in place, but a process of restoring you. Have you been delivered? Have you learned? Has the Lord washed you? Have you been cleansed? That's what this thing needs to be about. Come on here. Come on here. We need to get people cleaned up. When you slept with somebody white three months ago and you right back in the pulpit, you right back in the pulpit. I know you hellbound. I know you hellbound. My conscience, let me tell you something. When I did wrong and I committed adultery on my wife, let me tell you what I did. I sat down for four years. I didn't pastor nothing. I didn't preach nowhere. People was asking me. I was playing music. I would go play music. And they were like, "You no, I'm not preaching. You want to? No, I don't want to. And I and people my home I went back to my home church and my my former pastor he kept asking me and I'd do whatever I could to help or I would stand and then sometimes he had me speak and I was like I, I don't I don't feel comfortable doing none of this and that was after a while I still didn't feel comfortable because I wanted to make sure I'm right I wanted to make sure I'm saved I was in a pool of sludge I was in a pool of filth. And everybody had done dirt to everybody. And I said, Lord, I want to be clean. I want to make sure I'm really right. And I waited on God. And people wondering why the Lord has blessed my works. Why the Lord has restored my soul. Because I really let the Lord do it. I really let the Lord do it. I waited on the Lord. Because one thing about God, when he got a plan for your life, and this is to encourage somebody who might have fallen short. This is to encourage somebody who might have come short. And, and, and done something that, that feel like I can't get over it. I want to encourage you and let you know if you let God do it, when you come out, you're going to come out greater and stronger. And you're going to come out with restored integrity. People who know me, know my sins, know my faults, still can look me in the face and say, that ain't the same person. That's not the same Ray. God is a restorer. He is a deliverer. He will regulate your mind. He will give you power to stand. I am telling you what God would do. I know he can do it if you do it right, brother. If you do it right, sister. Lord, have mercy. 
And, I, and, and I'm hard on young men because I want the young men to get themselves together. Because like I read in the scripture in the book of Jude, they're taught not to respect manhood. Let me get on some young men. Let me get on some young men. I had a young man come to my church because they're taught men had done little stuff to him growing up. And you've seen these fake and phony pastors out here. So when these young men came to my ministry, they had no respect for males, especially not a hetero male. They didn't have no respect. So they liked what the ministry that was produced through the man of God. They liked the music. They liked the choir. They loved the, the environment. They loved the love. But it was something then they were just balled up when I began to speak, just balled up because that spirit knows that I'm, I'm for real. So at the end of the service, he said, I need, the, I need that presence and worship leader number. God gave me a word for her. God gave me a word for her. See, that tells me you don't understand manhood right there. That tells me you don't understand manhood right there. You mean to tell me God skipped over her husband? Now, I don't have to say nothing past that. You mean to tell me God skipped over her husband, then skipped over the elders, the fathers in the Lord who is poured into her life, then skipped over her pastor, and then said, hey, you random guy who's battling your own flesh, um, which we all are to some degree, but I'm talking about that mess over there in that mess. You know what? So you fighting yourself, skip her husband, all the men of God, you get her number. Now, where that happened at? Only at church. Only at church can you walk in and demand a woman's number and the husband is not supposed to take your teeth and knock them out your mouth. Only at a church. Only at a church. You all don't understand manhood. Because when when men have tried to pour into the young men, number one, the young the, the older men were corrupt and corrupted the younger men. We they saw the older men do things to their mama. They saw the older men do things to their sister. They don't have no respect for men because some men that they did get around end up touching and doing other things. So they don't have no respect for men. And then on top of that, they, they come around and speak evil of dignities. And because they don't understand manhood, they think it is proper to say, hey, can I get that woman's number? <laughs> you... you it's so much that's wrong. But what happened is these young men were never given an opportunity to be raised up by strong men. And when strong men came to them, I'm going to say this part right here. I'm going to get some people mad right here. I'm going to get some people mad right here. When strong brothers did go to your sons, we said, uh-uh, you, you ain't going to be mean to my son. It was the mothers and grandmamas. It was the mothers and the grandmamas. And that's why them boys love the mothers. You look at the Pentecostal holiness apostolic boys. They love them some more. Hey, mother. Hey, mother. God bless you, mother. They love the mothers. And now they're at the point where they get mama a new suit. They get mama one of them big hats. They get mama one of them uh, king chairs. Come on in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about, 20 people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They get mama one of them king chairs, them queen chairs. They put in the church, give mama some new shoes. And once they do that, mama don't care about what them boys do. They can do all they want to. Mama ain't going to say nothing. Mama ain't going to say nothing because they unbought mama off. 
And now mama is sitting in the church, and I want the mothers of the church to see this part. Oh, yeah, I want them to see this part. Now the mothers of the church sitting there in the service, and you know that boy have on a suit that's three sizes too small for him. You know that boy fingernails is shinier than yours. You know that boy switching harder than your youngest daughter. You know he is, but you're going to shut up. You're going to shut up because his music good, and that hat is pretty that you got on. But mothers, it's time to turn, do like Lois and Eunice and say, Timothy, Timothy, when he was in the word of God, Lois and Eunice had enough sense to say, boy, we took you as far as we could take you. You need to get around Apostle Paul. We done took you as far as we need to take you, young man. There's some parts of you that going to be completed in God when you find a man of God who is worthy of honor. And if you found a man of God that you can follow in honor and you could grow up in wisdom, then you will learn manhood and you'll learn how to respect other men. Why do we need to respect each other's brothers? Because it's hard for all brothers. I understand the extra burdens of, of uh, being beat down for who you are. I understand the extra burdens of uh, fighting things that you've been dealing with from a childhood. And I'm not here to vilify you, but I am here to say that I have a right to be truthful with you too. You Y'all swear y'all can beat us down. You go to the Larry Reed platform, he can beat the, the cisgendered hetero men down all he want to. He can slap us all every way he want to. No, I have a right to speak back and say there's some things you miss, brothers. It's not to kill you. It's not to beat you down, but there's some things that you missed, brothers, and we all need to respect one another. I'm not here to kill you, but I'm not going to let you kill me. I work hard every day. I'm disrespected in the world every day. The police look at me however they want to look at me. The government treat me however they want to treat me. I go in the neighborhood because of the hurt of our women. The women have a way that they feel about us. But I want to tell you right now, at the end of the day, I ought to respect you, brother. And you ought to respect me, brother. Respect is earned. Well, then why do you expect people to, to just respect whatever you give? So we need to, we need to correct this. We need to correct this. That's right, Wilfer Way. Uh, judgment will start in the church. Toria GB1. Truth. Thank you. Thank you. And y'all know they done bought mama off. You know they done bought mama off. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Now, I'm going to give you the last and most important reason why the corruption can happen so easily. Why they can do anything and get away with it. Why it, it and Stop sending your young boys on these church trips. I'm sorry. Not right now. Not right now. Now, I'm going to get to my last thing. But stop sending these boys. Oh, honey, I can't wait to convention, honey. I can't wait to convocation, honey. I, no, tell your son you don't love Jesus that much. I just saw you. I ain't heard nothing but R&B coming out of your radio. I ain't, I ain't seen nothing but cigarettes in your car. I ain't seen nothing but filth in your phone. You don't love Jesus that much. Oh, I can't wait to convocation. Yeah, you can. Nope. Stop sending your son. Well, I'm going to travel with pastor. I'm going to travel with bishop. Nope. Stay your butt home. Tell him to carry his own bag. Tell him to carry his own jacket. Tell, tell him to wash his own car. No, we ain't doing that. Right now, it, it's time for the young men to be somewhere in the open where you can see him. 
These things out here are wicked. These preachers out here are wicked. And it ain't time for that. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Stop stop being deceived by your son. Stop being deceived by your ground. Oh, he loved church. He loved the youth department. They come get him every Saturday. And it's still wicked. Everything he do is wicked. And then, like I said, allegedly, uh, the, the other uh, host on YouTube, y'all know him, the other host on YouTube that like to gossip about the church and say throw away the Bible, allegedly, he would take the young man because, you know, he's teaching them how to be proper and he don't want they print the show. So he'll take him to, you know, try on underwear, you know, so he can make sure their print don't show. That's, you know, that's why he would, you know, let them model the underwear for him, allegedly. Lord have mercy. Y'all better listen. Y'all better listen. Who I got to hear? Holy business. Praise God for this man of God and the truth coming out from his mouth. Thank God for you. Thank God for you, because I'm tired of this mess in the church. I'm tired of this mess in the church. But I'm going to give you the last reason why it's too easy to become God. This is the last reason why corruption is there. It's too easy to become God in the Pentecostal, holiness, and apostolic denominations. All right? I've been here 44 minutes. I, I thought it would take longer than this, but we getting there. One reason why the Pentecostal, holiness, apostolic church will not get healed is because it's too easy to become a God. I'm going to tell you what I mean. In the Pentecostal Holiness Apostolic Churches, all you have to do is a few things and nobody can question you anymore. You do a few things, nobody gets to tell you you're wrong. And here's what you do. The first thing you do is get like three prophecies right. You got to prophesy and you got to like, get like three predictions right you're gonna have a baby um you're gonna get a job i saw you move in a new house you know whatever just prophesy get about three of them right you gotta hit real good then you gotta threaten somebody life oh you coming up against me god gonna kill you you're gonna die and then you know say say it to somebody sickly Say it to somebody who already got like high blood pressure or stress disorder, heart disease or something, and it'll make them stress themselves out even more, and they'll go ahead and die for you. And they'll go ahead and die for you. And once they die, what what does it say? Please keep me in prayer. Oh, I, okay. Jesse M., I'm, I'm going to start right now. Father God, in the matchless name of Jesus. Father God, in the matchless name of Jesus. I pray for Jesse M. Every demonic force that tries to torment her, Satan the Lord rebuke you. Satan the Lord rebuke you. You said in your word that you would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in the Lord. Satan the Lord rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, we ask that she will take hold to the fact of the blood the fact of the blood that because she belongs to God, the Bible says the wicked one touch you not. The wicked one touch you not. I'm depending on the word and I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. In Jesus name, every demonic presence be gone and let us stand in faith in the name of Jesus. In Jesus name, I decree it. Amen. Amen. I thank God. Um, 
Z Falk, uh, Wilford Way. Once again, it says, uh, in many churches, we spend more time calling the names of leaders than lifting up the name of Lord have mercy. We spend more time lifting up the names of leaders than the name of Jesus Christ. And I promise you, there's a whole, uh, that's for your genos that's in the back. Trust in your apostle with all your heart. Lean to your apostle's understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge your apostle and your apostles direct your paths. For those of you who worship your leaders, that's really what that scripture is for you. That's really what that scripture is for you. But that's but I told you that I'm trying to tell you the steps. Pentecostal holiness apostolics. Pentecostal holiness apostolics. That's what y'all do. That's what y'all do. Y'all prophesied about three times, three people. Then you run up somebody's blood pressure and run up somebody's stress and give them a heart attack or make their body sickly because when you're stressed, your body can't fight off sickness. Then they go ahead and pass away. Then you go around threatening everybody. And then you start speaking word curses. Now you become a warlock. Now you become a witch. You start speaking word curses. You undid your prophecy. You done killed somebody. You're doing your word curses. And now once you've gotten in the habit of that, all of a sudden you've become a god. And it happens in a Pentecostal holiness apostolic denominations. You do those steps, you become a god. Now you better not talk back to the man of God. You better not talk back to the woman of God. God go get you. Oh, you better shut your mouth. I remember when so-and-so spoke against me. Ain't they dead? Ain't they dead? That's what you do. That's what you do. Let me tell you something. I know the tricks of fear and manipulation that you install in the people's minds. You speak word curses. I told you all how witchcraft works. See, on a cartoon, they say, you're getting sleepy. You're getting sleepy. You're getting sleepy. But in real life, it don't work like that. It worked like this. You're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be just like your daddy. See, it's the same thing, but the chant takes a little longer. You keep speaking stuff over the people in your congregation, and that mess goes down the generations, and they start walking out these word curses that their own leadership is putting on them. And we are so ignorant as a people that we think that's the power of God. When the Bible says, blessing, curse not. When the Bible says, do good to them who wrong you. And you got these leaders swearing they got something they don't have. Lord, have mercy. It, it, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's right. God has not given us. That's not what he hand out in the church. The Bible says, we have not been given uh, the spirit of fear again to bondage. But we have been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And when you are going through a church and you keep trying to earn God's affection and you keep trying to earn God's love and you keep trying to be good enough for God and you keep trying to be good enough for your leaders and the leaders keep telling you, you ain't there, you ain't right, this ain't right. And you keep trying to live up to these standards that God didn't even put on you and you keep trying to worship the leadership of the church. When you keep doing that, you're putting yourself in a bondage and you're not living as a son. I don't have to try to be Elder Ray Curry's senior son. I don't have to try. I am his son. 
I got his DNA. I have the blood. I have the blood. I don't have to try. And you don't have to try. You have the blood, the blood of Jesus that I save you. I feel that unction. That's what I'm talking about, the teaching ministry of the Holy Ghost. I have the blood today. I have the blood today. I'm here to tell you, talking about demons trying to, to torment you. I'm here to tell you, you got the blood today. I have the blood. I have the blood. He lives in me. He's in my heart. He's in my mind. He is within me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is within me. And I don't have to try. And don't let these leaders torture you, being lords over God's heritage. Don't let them torture you. You break that mess free. And, and I said to you, I wonder why does this demon keep popping up and popping up and popping up in these denominations? I was trying to figure out why it keep happening in these denominations. Well, I'm going to give you the report. There was a man I mentioned. There was a man I mentioned. Uh, it was uh, Charles Parham. Charles Parham. And um, I was trying to figure out why this spirit keep coming up. I say, is it in the roots? Now, let me give you the report. Charles Parham in 1907 was a co-defendant with J.J. Jordan, who was 22 years old in San Antonio, Texas. Go look it up. And the offense was the commission of an unnatural offense. He had a little, Charles Palm had a little boyfriend in Antonio, Texas. And this is what joined in with Seymour Williams at Azusa. And nobody had to, that's why I say, I thank God for the spirit, the gifts of the spirit and all, all the operation, everything that came from it. But nobody had the discernment out of all that power and anointing, fire and people falling out and speaking in tongues, nobody had. Are we there? How long has this been going on? All right. I I brought up Charles Parham. How far back did we lose our um audio? How, how far back did we lose our audio? Anyway, Charles Parham. I've been going on a long time. My computer decided to stop working with me. Thank you for, for telling me. But Charles Parham. In 1907, 1907, I'm going to read the report again, was uh, charged with J.J. with J.J. Jordan, 22 years old in San Antonio, Texas, the commission of unnatural offense. All right. Once again, what I'm trying to say is it was in the roots. Okay. You say he had a boyfriend. Okay. Well, I unsaid it all again. 
It onset it all again. It was in the roots that Charles Parham had a little boyfriend. And what I was saying before my mic went out, my lord, is out of all of the anointing and power and all of this, and we got the Holy Ghost and we have the power and we have the anointing that happened at Azusa Street, nobody had enough discernment to say, um, the guy on the stage like boys, the guy on the stage like men. So once again, I thank God for a resurgence of people interested in the power of God in the early 1900s and these movements. I'm glad for all of the, the doctrinal carefulness, all of the rigorous research that happened out of these movements, the Pentecostal holiness, apostolic movements. But my problem is this. From its inception, it became about your feelings. It became about your denomination. It became about us versus them. All right. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The Bible is right. The scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation. That's why the, the, the um, deconstruction movement is so adamant on telling you, throw out the inerrancy of the word of God. By all means, throw out the inerrancy of the word of God. Let's keep the dancing. Let's keep the shouting. Let's keep the speaking in tongues. Let's roll all over the floor. But by God, please, let's throw out the inerrancy of the Bible. That's why they want to do it. They like all the emotional stuff, and they got it from the Pentecostal holiness apostolics. So I'm saying my prayer is that we will get back to the word of God. We will get back to the truth. Ain't nobody trying to pick on nobody. Let's just get back to Bible. Let the Holy Ghost have its way. Let the spirit of the Lord reign. But at the end of the day, let's stand on the word of God. And if you can't find it in scripture, just say, well, that ain't for me. And that's the goal of the unction, to depend on the word. And depend on the truth. To depend on the word and to depend on the truth. So once again, I want to thank you for being a part of this. We, we're acting up at the end. It said... Oh, okay, never heard of Azusa. Yep, yep, Shamar Hawkins. Thank you for uh, being here at the end. Uh, I thank you for uh, being a part of this. This thing started acting crazy, but <laughs> we made it through. I taught all I could teach, and it seemed like when my light my light um, went out, I had to use a different kind of light. Uh, the sound with this computer, and then this thing just switched to a graphic I didn't even press. <laughs> but <laughs> when you when you are telling the truth, when you're telling the truth, when you're doing what God say, when you're standing on the truth, um, the enemy fights. The enemy fights. Uh, I'm at the end of this. Thank you for watching. Once again. If you were able to see something, you was able to learn something, um, please continue to be a supporter. 
Um, we're here just growing. Once again, we've done a lot in the community from helping people to pay their bills to giving away about $9,000 worth of clothing. We helped several families throughout this uh, season of giving. Um, we show pictures of that, and we're going to continue to do things in the new year. So those of you who would like to support, please continue to support. Thank you. Like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. Please let people know what we're doing here. Uh, the enemy fought at the end of this broadcast, but I think it's enough here <laughs> where the damage is done. I believe it's enough here that the damage is done. I love you all. Continue to pray for me. Here, here's what I said to you, Lord Jesus. This is called the unction. The unction is the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. The teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. We give the word and we depend on the unction. Ray don't know everything. Ray don't have all the answers. I'm telling you, read your Bible and say, yes, Lord. That's what I'm saying. And I believe if we continue to do that as a church, God will be pleased and we'll get back further and further to the root of Jesse, Jesus Christ. And uh, I really appreciate you. Thank you all so much. Have a blessed night.